0: Let's pray before we, Father, we just love you and we thank you for your word, Lord. We ask for revelation, utterance, and anointing, Lord. We pray that your word come forth as, as your word, that it not be the ideas and opinions of man, but it be the very true words of God spoken through your people. And Lord, we ask that we we purpose to receive it in our hearts by faith and do everything that we that You've asked of us, Lord, in in faith and in love, knowing that every good work is done by You and through You. And Lord, we purpose to do those good works as You enable us. Lord, we, we thank You in advance for every good thing that this Word will bring forth in our own lives and in the lives of others today. And we give You glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank You, Lord. Let's open our Bibles to Philippians 3. You know, we were singing the everybody ought to know this morning. And my mom used to sing that to us. She was a horrible singer. <laughs> but man, she loved the Lord. You know, she's one of those people, when she said, he's the lily of the valley, she was talking to him. She wasn't singing to you. She loved the Lord. You know, every time I remember her, it blesses me that she was my mom, but it blesses me more the blessing that she was and is in my life today. Even. I'm going to shut up and talking about her. Now, or we'll be crying before we preach she was she was a she is and was on this earth she was a very neat neat lady she was a blessing in my life i thank god for her uh, through her prayers that's what's that's why i'm standing here today and to her he was the lily of the valley the bright and morning star and he is to us Amen. when she sang it it wasn't an act she you could catch her singing it by herself in her house in her office And she would be smiling, and there was no acting in her. Uh, I don't know that I've ever met another person like her. I would aspire to be like my mom in many ways. It's not even Mother's Day, is it? (laughs) Glory to God. Sometimes those songs just remind you of people that blessed your life, don't they? And uh, she blessed my life. She she was not only a good mom, but a very good example of a godly person. Amen? Amen? And someone to be followed. See, we're, we're going to talk about following today, being a follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, being a follower is so much more than following. In fact, is being a follower is different than following. Many people who follow will never be a follower. And uh, we want to be followers of Jesus Christ. We want to be followers of those that He puts over us. We want to be a follower of the Word of God in our life. Uh, we don't want to just follow The children of Israel, they followed Moses, Joshua, and Caleb were followers of God. Amen? And there was a huge difference because Joshua and Caleb received the promise, the others died in the wilderness. Amen? And and there's a huge difference because the follower has a heart to follow. Someone who's just following just wants to know where you're going or wants to get where you're going without doing anything about it. They want to benefit from you. And a follower wants to benefit you. Right? If you're a follower of Christ, you're not just there to get the benefit of Christ, you're, to, you're there to benefit Christ. Amen? Yes. You're, 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 you're there to bring people in, not just get you there. Followers are doing so much more. Amen? Philippians 3 and verse 17 says, Brethren, be followers together of me. In other words, just like I am, he, Paul was a follower. You know, people say, I'm a lone wolf, I don't follow anyone, I do it my way. Well, then you don't do it God's way. Because God said follow, and everybody is following somebody. Amen? Or something. You know, those who he said, and then if you read the book of Kings, it says they followed not after the heart of David, but they followed other ways. Well, what were they doing? There, there's, you can't follow two ways. Right? If somebody says, follow me over here, and you go this way, you're not following. You're following a different way. There's no such thing. See, we've been talking about double-minded, uh, unity, uh, single-mindedness, uh, talking the same way. Following is something is also that is one way. You cannot follow two visions. Right? That's why Jesus said you can't have two masters. You can't have two visions. Because you, can, you can't follow two visions. You may like two visions, but you got to choose one because you can't follow both unless you can split yourself in two which you can't so following is not only a, a act it is a heart because God doesn't want you to act like you're following, he wants you to follow right, anybody can walk behind somebody but that doesn't mean they're following them, they could walk behind them and talk bad about them right the fact is people do I don't even think he knows where he's going. They did it to Moses the whole way. Moses, why did you bring us out here? Well, we're just going to die in the wilderness. Was there no graves in Egypt? Didn't we tell you we wanted to just... And they're following him the whole way. That had to be fun for Moses, didn't it? Don't you imagine every now and then he wanted to just turn around and say, shut up, you are going to die in the wilderness. Eventually they got what they followed. Because they had two visions to follow, and they decided they would die in the wilderness. And that's what they got. Amen? Paul said, Brethren, be followers together of Me, and mark them which walk so, <laughs> as you have us for an example. In other words, not only to be a follower, but you've got examples of what followers are. God puts leaders in our lives to, to give us an example of what, of, of what to be. So you're worthy to be followed. You follow so that you're worthy to be followed. Right? A good sheep follows the sheep ahead of him. Right? And the sheep ahead, a good sheep ahead of him doesn't walk over a cliff. Remember we talked about sheep? And if one, if the one in front of them walks over a cliff, guess what they'll do? They'll walk right over the cliff behind him. The sheep follow. That's what they do. But if, you, if you're trusting the Lord and you're a follower, you're following the shepherd... And the sheep behind him are following. And you're trusting in the shepherd. Caleb and Joshua didn't say Moses told us this, but Moses is the very person that told them. It wasn't wasn't Moses to them. They said, the Lord said, we'll have the land of milk and honey. The Lord said, I'll have this mountain. They said, the Lord said. Who who actually spoke the words though? Moses. And so they were following the shepherd by following his under-shepherd. Many times in the church, the people, they don't like what the pastor says, so they don't follow anymore. And guess what? If you're not following in the church what the pastor says, you're not part of the flock. <laughs> you're out here on your own. Why? Because you didn't trust in the Lord. Not because you didn't trust in your, in your pastor, because even if your pastor was wrong and you were trusting in the Lord, he'll take care of you. Right? And the Lord put him in that place. How many know that you don't know everything either? Remember Jesus in John 6? You know, all those people thought they knew too much. It was in John 6, Jesus, man, they were all happy, following. Multitude of people following him, man. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, he does miracles, gets his bread, got extra bread, and then all of a sudden Jesus stops and says, Oh, by the way, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Everlasting life. That's the the way it's got to be. And next thing you know, that's hard. That's hard. Who Who can hear that? What in the world is he talking about? And the next thing you know, they weren't following anymore. Why? Because they weren't followers to start with. The followers stayed. There was 12 of them, and the followers stayed with him. Why? Because they didn't understand it any more than the people who left. It doesn't say, "Oh, we understand everything you just said. Jesus, yes. no, they said, "Where would we go? You have the words of life. What did they? They had the vision. They didn't understand everything, but they had the vision. and when you hook up with, with, with a ministry with a pastor, you've got to trust in the vision that the Lord gave them. and if God puts you there, you're there to help that vision, not yours. right? Everybody smile? And God's not going to let you leave because they said something you didn't like that day. You know, I just don't agree with what He said. I'm just not supposed to be here anymore. What? Guess what? You're going to be changing churches every other week. Every other week. Because you're going to go somewhere where they say something that, you, that just doesn't settle with you. That doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong, first of all. Because who made you Right? And they say, well, i got the Word. Well, so does He. (laughs) Which one of you used it right? You know, I'm going to go with where God told me to stay. Amen? And I'm going to trust that because the Lord said it, I'm going to get where I'm going. Amen? Because when I get up to the Red Sea, I don't want to be like the children of Israel. You know, they got to the Red Sea, and you could tell immediately they weren't followers. They were only following because they didn't see the vision and what God had told them that He was going to deliver them. They saw the sea and the Egyptians and they saw no way out. But, but Moses knew the way out. He wasn't concerned a bit. And, and I bet Joshua and Caleb weren't siding with the children. No, because it says in the Bible that they followed wholeheartedly. They followed wholeheartedly. Following is not an action. It's a heart. Following is a heart. And God must have every bit of your heart. We need, we do need more AC, Dave. Following, not just for me. I see people out here hot. I'm okay. I'll sweat. <laughs> it just happens. Whether well, They can turn it down to 60 and I'm still going to sweat. I can tell you that right now. Following is a heart. Following is something you do out of your heart. And, and it produces a work of love. Following is not... It, you, you do it because you love the person. You follow God because you love Him. You don't follow Him because you need something. You follow Him because you love Him and He meets all your needs. The, 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 the disciples, as they followed Him, they didn't say, well, but Lord, how are we going to eat? <laughs> do, you, do you remember that part when He came to Matthew and He said, come follow Me? And they said, well, you know, tell me how I'm going to eat. You know, you got plenty of money. Your ministry well-supplied. You know, and I need to know how this is going to work out for me. No, they didn't say that. They said they followed. Right? Why? Because they became instant followers. Why? They saw the man and they believed in the vision. Immediately. They didn't even understand it all. They believed in it. They stuck with it. Amen? We're followers together. And Paul said later, follow me as I follow Christ. So what we're trying to do, what Jesus was doing, was He was following God. And people who were following Him were following God. Amen? And that's what we're still to be doing. We're to follow those who follow God, and we're to be following God so that we're worthy to be followed. A good leader is not someone who leads, it's someone worthy to be followed. Amen? A good leader won't stand out in front of you all the time, but... He'll be wherever he needs to be. You know, a shepherd doesn't necessarily always be at the front. Do you know sometimes they're at the sides and sometimes they're at the back? They're never driving you, but they're always making sure you're getting where you're supposed to go. Right. Amen? A good leader is someone who's worthy to be followed. The best leaders in this world are not somebody who push people along. They're somebody that people will get behind. Amen? And that, that's a good leader. Glory to God. And that's what God's looking. He's looking for our hearts. Those leaders are looking for our hearts. When the Moors say, we want you to serve. You know, we, we saw the testimony about serving today. In fact, just let me say this real quick. If, if you've signed up to serve and have not been put on a team yet, give us some time. We're getting you on one, okay? Don't, don't give up on us. And if you think we forgot you, let us know because we're just this close to perfect. Not quite perfect yet. Okay? We do want to get you on a team. So, uh, if you desire to serve, we want people to be able to serve. Amen? But the Lord, but the Moors want people to serve out of a heart of love, not out of a heart of need. In other words, you don't need to serve, you serve because you love the Lord. And the benefits of service come when you serve with that heart. The benefits of service don't just come with serving, they come with your heart. It's like the benefits of giving. They don't just come because you throw something in the bucket. They come because you had a heart to give. Amen? We don't give give to get. We give so God can give back. Does that make sense? We do things because we love the Lord, and because we love the Lord, good things happen to us. Right? Right? But, but that the action is not, doing, is not done in order to get something. The action is do, and done in order to give something. Your service is a gift. It is a gift. Your service is, is something you do as unto the Lord, and you do it because you love the Lord and you desire to be used by Him. And in your desire to be used by Him, He gives you all His benefits. Amen? But you can't do it to get the benefits. Makes it hard in your human mind, doesn't it? Because you're taught all your life, if you'll do this, you'll get that. If you do this, this happens. You know what? If you love the Lord, you don't care. You just know it's going to happen. Your mind is not on the benefit. Your mind is on the service. If your mind's on the benefit, you're not doing it right. Amen? It's like Brother Moore was preaching about rewards last week, right? And what did he say? You don't do it to get the rewards. You do it and you get the rewards. But you don't do it to get the rewards. You do it and get the rewards. Thank you, Lord. That was all free, not in the notes at all. <laughs> Look at Luke nine. This is this is uh, these are some verses that that have been verses that I think we've made hard because of the way we see them in uh, Luke 9, uh, 59. Luke nine fifty nine, because our human vision it's kind of like the book of Job. So, so many people read the book of Job from Job's perspective. And if you do that, you're reading it from a flesh perspective, and you'll get that out of it. You I just can't believe God didn't help him. He was a good man. Even the Lord said he was a good man. Why didn't he get helped? He should have got helped. That's that's Job's perspective. That's why God finally said, uh, who are you to question me? Right? He didn't say that because Job was a bad person. He's saying, wait a second. You don't know what's going on. Sit down and let me tell you. And later on, Job said, you know, I spoke things too wonderful for me to know. Why? Because Job finally understood. But there's, there's good. The Bible is a book of good. It's a book of good things. When God is trying to get you to do something in a right way, it's not so that it makes His plan work better. He could make His plan work without us. Do you know that? His whole plan. He's God. He created without any of our help. He created all that you see. And we didn't help him one bit. Now we've torn some of it up. <laughs> it's kind of like Kim, she goes in, she cleans Ramsey's room, comes back down there the day after she gets home, and all the clothes are sticking out the drawer. She still created the room that way. Ramsey just messed it up. <laughs> we don't mess up God's room, right? Glory to God. But we want to we want to be followers the way God wants a follower to be, not just what we think a follower is, but what he said a follower is. And in Luke 9:59, Jesus said, and he, uh, Jesus said in Luke, yeah, and he said to another unto another, "Follow me." Jesus was pretty plain. He said, "Follow me." You know, a lot of people would think just go the direction he's going. That's not what Jesus was saying. "Follow me" does not just mean go the direction I'm going. Follow me means do what I do, say what I say, grab hold of my vision. Grab hold of my vision. Follow me. In other words, Jesus isn't just saying I want your body. He's saying I want your heart. I want you and your heart. And that's why this that's why the what the answer was unacceptable, because he couldn't get his heart. The answer was unacceptable, because if God can't get your heart, you'll go away. In other words, when people come to a church with too many ideas, the first time that somebody says something they don't like, they'll get offended and they'll go away. Why? Because your heart's not there. you got to bring your heart to the church because the heart's full of love and it will endure things that it doesn't understand. I didn't say it will correct things that it doesn't understand. It'll endure things that it doesn't Why? Until you understand them. You know, as well, just recently we were reading about Paul and he said... He said uh, he said, "This is the way it is, basically." And He said, "And if you don't, if you don't see it this way, I'll, I'll make you see it when I get there." Right? Didn't we just read? You know, that's Dave English, but that's kind of how, it's, how it was said. He said, "He said, he said, everyone may not see it this way, and as soon as I get there, I'll explain it to you." Yeah. What was he saying? Stick with me. Yeah, right. Don't 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 go don't go off and go away. Stick with me. Yeah. Stay stay followers with me. I'll explain it to you. Yeah. Amen. And that's what he's saying. And and but Jesus was saying, I don't just want you, I want your heart. I want I want everything that you are, and you gotta trust that he will do everything that he says he can do. Because this guy said, Well, fir- first let me go bury my father. Now I don't know if his father had just died or if he wanted to stick around until his father died. But the but the key word here is he says, but first. So what's first priority for him? His father. God can't be second priority. You can't follow two directions, and God couldn't have His heart. Knowing He couldn't have His heart, He couldn't take Him away from where He was. God would rather have you hot or cold, not be lukewarm. Why? You can't exist lukewarm. You're in more danger... My mom used to say the most unhappy person in the world is someone that has a little bit of Jesus. Why? You need all the Jesus you can get, or go find another way to be happy. Because you ain't going to be happy with a little bit of Jesus. Why? Because you won't understand. If you believe in Jesus, you don't care how he says this. He's Jesus. I don't need to understand this. I know he loves me and he's doing me good all the days of my life. And if you really know, we don't need to love the Lord, we don't need to love around the Lord, we need to love through the Lord. And sometimes we love our family with some other kind of love because they're my family. And But I love the Lord, but I love my family. No, you love your family through the Lord. In other words, when, when I was in Bible studies and started really serving God, I was gone all the time. People used to say, you're missing out on your daughter's life. You're missing out. You don't spend any time with your wife. You're not doing this and you're not doing that. In fact is, I spent all my time with Rick. So guess what? Me and Rick weren't having an affair. But we were we were somewhere all the time or else I was with inner city kids. I was always doing something and people were always saying you need to you need your priorities are wrong, your priorities are right. No, my priorities were exactly where God put them. And he said, if you'll serve me, I'll give you quality of time instead of quantity of time. Many people have quantity of time, but they don't value what they have. Why? Because they're just sitting there flipping TV channels, their wife's in the kitchen, their kids Over here, they're not spending any time with their family. They're just at home, right? He told me to follow him. And then when I came here, he said, serve me by serving the Moors. So my priority now is to serve the Moors, and in doing so, I'm serving him. And people say, well, you just can't jump and run every time they call. Yes, I can. (laughs) Yes, I can. No matter what's going on, that's what I do. And guess what? My flesh doesn't like it all the time. There's times when my phone dings and I know who it is, and I'm like, oh, man. And then I remember I'm a follower. I'm a follower of the Most High God who's put me underneath some of the greatest, the, one of the greatest men and women of God that I've ever known. And guess what? Do you ever listen to Brother Moore preach? How often does he mention Brother Hagin? Why? Because that's his example who he follows and still follows to this day. He's a follower. He didn't jump and run. What? You know what? There could be a thousand new teachings out there and faith will still be. Don't even need to finish that sentence. Faith will still be. Amen? And God's put us in that position. And I would be a fool to become offended because it didn't fit my lifestyle one day. My lifestyle has to fit into God, not God into my lifestyle. And that's a follower. That's a follower. And that's what, this, that's what Jesus was telling this man. He said, he, he said let me go bury my followers. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. But you preach the kingdom. He said, he said put your priorities in the right place. Have you ever been to a funeral? Anybody in here been to a funeral? Did the person that passed away know you were there? Hmm. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go to a funeral, don't and I'm not saying you shouldn't have a funeral. I'm just saying there are priorities. What if on that day somebody's salvation hung in the balance? Would you say, "You know what? I'd like to tell you about Jesus Christ." Got some stuff to take care of first. What's more important? This person that passed away is in heaven dancing now. Right? This person that needs Jesus may die tomorrow without Him. It's priorities, guys. It's priorities. I'm not saying that would happen. I'm not trying to be hard, and neither was Jesus trying to be hard. Great. If, you, if, you, if you, someone in your family passes away, honor them and help the family and comfort one another. But put Jesus first. Love people through God, not around Him. The reason I have love for my wife and my daughter is because God gave me the love for them and I have the realization He gave them to me. Without Him, I would not have them. And without Him, our relationship wouldn't be good. And without Him, my daughter might be doing who knows what. Right? But because of God, I know... Whom I believe. And I know that the love that I have is more than enough to sustain them where I might not be. God will take care of my family. Amen? Good stuff. Good stuff. Verse 61. Another one said, Lord, I'll follow you, but... Did you know that but cancels out the sentence you just said? I'll follow you, but... I'll follow you, but... I'll follow you, but. How many people have said, I'll follow you, but? You know, a lot of people say, well, I won't say but anymore. I'll say, um, I need to do this first. They'll just leave out the but. You still put it in there. It was just a silent but. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. You 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 can't have, you can't say, I'll follow you, but. You say, I'll follow you. Right? I'll follow you. It's not, I'll follow you, but. This guy says, I'll follow you, but first. And then he says again, he uses that, that word, first. Remember what Brother is preaching on. Seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God. It doesn't say do this first. It says your priority is the kingdom of God. Everything else falls under that and God will give you the ability to make everything else work if you'll put Him first. Do you realize that people in, in this world got calendars and, and cell phones and reminders and they still can't keep their life straight, but if we'll just trust God, He'll always have our life straight. And you'll always be where you're supposed to be at the right time doing the right thing. But you have to be a follower of God. Amen? That's our purpose. That's that's that He has a plan. He has a plan. He has He has mapped out what you're to do all the days of your life. Yeah, and you got people, and they say, Well, yeah, but I got a job over here. You know, they don't let me talk about God all the time. They don't let me... And you know, they're not even Christians. I need a job where a bunch of Christians are. You can't follow God where Christians are all the time. Jesus went where the sinners were. Why? Because that's who needed to be saved. That's like a doctor going around well people all the time. He ain't going to make no money. Why? They're all well. Doctors are here for the sick. Thank God they're here for the sick, huh? Glory to God. We're we're to follow wherever he leads. He'll take you through the fire. He'll take you right in, and people say, Ah, Jesus wouldn't do that. I'm not going that way. And now you're no longer following God. Why? Because there was fire. He said, I'll take you through the fire. But then he promised you wouldn't be burned. See, that's why the children of Israel never inherited the promise. Because they saw the fire. And thought they'd be burned. But God told them they would make it. He told them they would have it. And they, they chose the circumstance over the truth. Right? Except Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb fully followed all the days of their life. They they wholeheartedly followed is what the word says wholeheartedly followed and that's the key to following you have to do it with your heart you can't do it with your head because if you got too many visions going on you'll follow for a little while and then all of a sudden your family will call and say we got this and this and this going on and I know you're supposed to be doing this for God but we really need you right now and now you're torn why because they, just like these people would have been torn had they followed Jesus because there'd have come a day where he was in the middle of something and they'd have had to run. Why no more followers? No more followers. Right? Children of Israel weren't followers, they were following. They were following. And when it got hard, they left. They, they said, so "We why'd you bring us out here?" Time after time, "Why'd you bring us out here?" You know, and that, that's, you know, that's what we do in ministry. We say, God, why would you bring me to this church? I was so happy at first, but then all of a sudden they started preaching this and this, and I didn't really like that. Why? Because you needed to change your life. That's why you don't like it. The things I don't like, what the Word says, are usually things that hit me in the wrong spot. <laughs> right? Things that tell me I need to Change. That's right, Brother Moore, he'll he'll, he'll ask me what I thought of the service, and I'll say, man, I don't know what everybody else thought, but I sure needed it. Why? I don't listen to the service for you. you. You can't listen to it for me, because I can only change me, right? But if you get offended and leave, you're no longer following, right? When people get offended, God does not move people by offense, And so many times, you'll say, well, why are you leaving? They'll say, well, we're not really offended, but we didn't like this. Like, I'm not really offended, but I didn't like? Well, let's just use the old word. You're offended. Right? Right? God doesn't move people by offense. And if you move by offense, all you did was take your offense somewhere else, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. (laughs) He doesn't move you by problems either. You know, I'm just having all kinds of problems. I went to this church and they couldn't help me. I went to this church and they couldn't help. Go to the church God told you to, do, and then He'll help you because the church isn't supposed to. God will. Right? Now He may use the church to help you, but the church is designed to do what God says. Right? We have people all the time say, "Well, you ought to do this and you ought to do this." And what Brother Moore says is, "We ought to do what God says." And I follow that vision fully. But I get to talk to the people after we tell them that we're going to follow what God says, and they tell you that that's not right. (laughs) What God says is not right. Hmm. Matthew 9. Moving on. There is a way to follow. There is a way that is right to follow. Matthew 9 and verse 9. Remember this, though. You, you learn. We, we've got to learn to love our own family through God, not around God. Through God, not around God. You love your wife through God. God gave you the love to love her with. And if you're not loving her with godly love, you're not loving her. The world's form of love is not a good love. It's not a high quality of love. And it is a very, very fickle kind of love that will go away with the first sign of trouble. So love your family through God, not around Him. Amen? That way that will put God first. Matthew 9.9, 9, as Jesus passed forth from thence, and I don't know where forth from thence is, but He passed forth from there. He saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and He said unto him, Follow Me. And Matthew said, Ah, let me go check. I've got, got a big, pretty big schedule right now. I'd like to follow you, Jesus, but I've got to check some stuff out first. That's what those other people said. They all had something else to do. They all had something else that was first. They all had something else better to do. But Matthew, when Jesus said, "Follow me," he arose and followed him. And he didn't just go where he went. He became a follower at that moment. He committed wholeheartedly to following Jesus. How do I know? Because he never left him. People who commit to to, follow, to being a follower don't leave. Why? They don't have another option. They're not looking another direction. That's why in John 6, the twelve stayed. They weren't looking for another way out. They, they said, why, where would we go? You have the words of life. It's not because they were so great and mighty and they understood everything that Jesus taught. They proved it over and over again. Jesus even said, are are you still so ignorant? You don't understand this? Well, they didn't understand, but they stayed. Following doesn't always require understanding. In fact, rarely does it require understanding. And I would almost be willing to say never does it require understanding. Right? Right? As we follow, we will understand. But if you're unwilling to follow, you'll never understand. (laughs) You guys are really quiet today. This isn't condemnation. This is good. you all followers, right? I got any unfollowers in here? No unfollowers? Okay. So everybody is a follower. So this is good news. This is good news. Look at Matthew 19.21. This is the difference between Matthew... And the rich young ruler, the rich young ruler, he ran up and he said, "He said, well, what can I do to inherit eternal life?'" And he said, and Jesus said, "You know the commandments." And he was a follower of the commandments, not a follower of God. He followed all the commandments. He said, "I've done this. I've done. I followed them since my youth. I've done them." And Jesus said, "You you lack one thing." Is that what he said? You lack one thing looks it sure looks like he said more than one thing though if you only lack one thing because he only lacked one thing well, what would he lack following him he was not following Jesus the thing he lacked was following Jesus he, he said if you want to be perfect go sell what you have't wasn't, that wasn't what he lacked he, he, that, that wasn't that wasn't the problem what he lacked was he couldn't follow Jesus why because of the stuff he, he, he didn't lack stuff he didn't lack he lacked being a giver. Because Jesus said, "Go sell all you have and give." So he lacked love, right? Why? Because if you can't give, you can't love. People say, "I can't give that." God tell you to give it. You got the love of God in you. You can give it. You can give it. You can give it with all your heart and a smile on your face, no matter what. You know, a lot of people they think Abraham walked up to the walked up to the mountain like the like the. Uh, Wizard of Oz, oh, ee-oh, yeah. oh. You know, I don't think Abraham was one bit concerned walking up that mountain. He knew who he trusted. He knew what God had spoken. He knew that no matter what, he was coming back with Isaac. He did not care if he, if he cut him in two, burned him up. God had to raise him from the dead. Why? He had a word from the Lord. He was a follower of God. It didn't matter what outside circumstances looked like. God said this. And when God says something, that's the way it is. And when you're a follower of God, you don't, you're not you not moved by what other people say or what other people do or the circumstances ahead of you. You're moved by His Word. And His Word is what causes every action and and reaction in your life. And the, the rich young ruler, he said, I, I, I want you to sell all you have and become a giver. You're, you're not a giver. Everything you've done in your whole life, you've done for you. That's what following the law is. You do it for you. Right? When you follow the law, you do it for you. Why? Because following the law can only benefit you. But when you follow God, you do it for others. When you follow Jesus Christ, everything about your life is now someone else. Everything about you. He said, if you want to be a follower of me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Amen? you got to deny yourself. You, got to, you can't be thinking about you when you make the next move you make. You've got to be thinking about you. Amen? He said, I need you to become a giver, and I need you to follow me. You, 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 this is what you lack. Follow me, and he couldn't do it. Why couldn't he do it? Because he didn't. He, he had too much other things. He 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 had money, and money was his god. And he was following money. He was following stuff. He did the law. He was hoping the law was enough. Amen. <laughs> Guess what? You can't do the law. You can't do the law. And he was hoping it was enough. And 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 Jesus said, I need you to be a follower. Why? Because I want your life to mean more than what it means to you right now. Because your life's value is in who you touch, not in what you touch. Amen? Your life's value is in the people around you, not in your place. It's not not because of what you have. It's because of what you do. And that's what gives your life value. When you reach out to others, when you care about one another, when you do things with others in mind. Then your life now has value when you do things with only you in mind. That's what he was doing. Why was he following the law? Why would, for him, so that all would be well with him? Too many people seeking prosperity for the money instead of for the godliness it brings towards others. They're seeking peace through money and they're calling it the prosperity of God. That's not it. The prosperity of God is having so having money and, and giving it at any time, any notice, because you don't care about the money. You, you wanted the money for you. You wanted the money to help others. You didn't want the money for you. Your peace didn't come because all your bills were paid. Your peace came because the Lord was Lord of your life. That was your peace. People say, well, if I just... If this would just happen and this would just happen, I could be peaceful. No, you couldn't. It wouldn't matter how much of that happened. If you put God first, everything else goes away. Everything else goes away. Why? Because God's first. If you try to worry about something else, you'll start thinking about God. Because why? Because He's first. And so everything you were going to worry about, you'll stop. I wonder what I could do today. I've got to go to work. There's going to be somebody there today that needs to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ. Oh, but they won't let me talk about, well, I'll just be like Jesus. Yeah. I'll just love on them. I'll take them something. I'll take an extra lunch for them. It doesn't matter. What are you going to do? What God says, you're a follower of God. Therefore, you are a follower of love. So every morning, you wake up thinking love thoughts. So now, as you follow after love... You now think love thoughts. What am I going to do today? Whatever love says. And love is never looking at you. It's looking through you. It may be looking at you from someone else. But the love in you is looking through you to someone else. And it, and it is always thinking, what can I do? Where can I be? What can I, where can I go? What do I have that can make them feel better? And now you become a true follower of the one and only true love in this world and in your heart. He's the one that put that love in you. And he says, now use it. Wake up tomorrow morning and think your love thoughts. And, you know, most of us wake up and we're i got to go to work. Work. I hate work. <laughs> <laughs> I wished I worked at a church because then I wouldn't hate work. So, yeah, you would. Because <laughs> guess what? If you're not doing it under the Lord, it doesn't matter if you're not doing it under the Lord in church. You're still not doing it under the Lord. Amen. people say, well, it would be easy to do it under the Lord in church. No. No. Guess what the church deals with? People's problems all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what we do. In love. And I love coming here every day. Why? Because I know my life is going to have a difference in somebody else's every day that I walk in this door, whether I see them or not. Maybe I just walk in the back room and say, hey, these people ask if you'd send this CD to them, and I know they got that CD, and as long as I know they got that CD, they've got ability that they didn't have before they got it. Right? So when you wake up in the morning, it's not i got to go to work. You're up. You're up. You have now become a danger to the devil. Why? Because you are a follower of the Most High God and whatever the love of God in you leads you to do, you're going to do it. That is the scariest thing to the devil ever. Why? Because you're getting ready to make an action in love, through love, and by love, which is unfailing. Whatever you just did, it can never fail. It, it has everlasting value and it will be there. And when you leave, if, if it doesn't look like they changed, you leave that love there. Why? Because it'll come back. Those people will come to the driest time in their life. And they'll remember that day. That love. That act. And they'll remember it. And they'll call you. Why? Because there ain't no one else to call. The person they call is the one they remembered. The one they remembered is the one that gave an everlasting gift. They forget all the others. Why? They were temporary. They were unreal. They They weren't given. They were presented. Amen? And when we do that, we are followers of the Most High God. And we make a Most High difference. You wonder why He's called the Most High? Because you can't get any higher. So you want to make the Most High difference, walk in the love of the Most High. Amen? Look at uh, Ephesians 5. As followers of God, we're also followers of those that God puts us under. You remember Peter? And uh, he was under Jesus, right? And uh, and in the book of Acts, they called him and said, hey, this lady's died. And you know what Peter did? He started acting like Jesus. The only difference was he wasn't acting. He was being a follower. See, there's a difference. You can't just go in... You know, the seven sons of... They were acting. They were, they were acting. You guys remember the story of the seven sons of Skiva or Siva, however you say his name, right? They, they went up to the demons and they said, "We adjure you in the name of the Jesus." Paul preaches. That's acting. They weren't followers. They were actors. Peter was a follower. And he walked up in that room. And the first thing he did, all the widows and everybody, oh, he's dead, he's dead. Oh, she's dead, she's gone. She's never coming back. oh no. no. And what did Peter do? Exactly what Jesus did. Cleared the room. Well, I had to get rid of unbelief. Right? And people say, oh, he's just acting like Jesus. Yeah, he was doing exactly. That. That's a follower. Doing what Jesus would do with the same heart Jesus did it. Not just doing it, doing it with the heart of God. When you do things with the heart of God, you're getting ready to get heart of God action. Amen. And he cleared the room, and then after he cleared the room, he kneeled and prayed. Why? Because he needed. You know, he could have immediately just did what Jesus did. Jesus didn't kneel and pray, did he? But Peter kneeled and prayed. Why? Because he's seeking direction. He's a follower. And the next thing he got, tell her to arise and walk. Or take up her bed, I believe. And He said it, and she got up. Why? He's a follower of Jesus. He, if He does things that look like Him, why wouldn't He? He's a follower of Him. If I do something or say something that Brother Moore said before me or Mrs. Moore said before me, what would be wrong with that? <laughs> they're followers of God. And I'm followers of them as they're following God. Amen? There would be nothing wrong with that. And Peter followed Jesus and and he got Jesus' results. Why? Because he had the heart of God. He had the heart of God. It wasn't the action. It was the heart. It was the heart. You know, there's too many people. They're just wanting to raise the dead. Guess what? There's more dead that don't want to come back than do. (laughs) Right? If you be dead in Christ, you ain't looking to come back. In fact, is you're looking to punch the person in the nose that brings you back. You say, "Oh, but I'll miss him. I'll miss him. It won't be that long." I, you know what? I still miss my mom. Still do. But if I ever would have tried to get her back, oh my gosh, that little five foot two woman would have tore me up. She loved the Lord, and she was right where she had dreamed to be all her life, and is today. It wasn't time to raise the dead just to raise the dead. Peter kneeled and prayed, said, what's next? Then it was time to raise the dead. Amen? I remember one time somebody called the church and said, you know, this person's passed away. We're all going to get together. We want you to agree with us. We're going to pray that they be raised from the dead. And I went in and Mrs. Moore was actually here. I said, uh, I, said uh, what, I didn't agree with him because I don't just do that. First of all, I'm not speaking for me. I'm a follower. Right, so I walked in. So what do you think? She goes, "Well, did the Lord tell him to raise him from the dead?" That was her first thing. See, people are doing too many things, not being followers. Amen. Just because you want the dead raised doesn't mean the dead's coming back. Did the Lord tell you? That's good. Amen. Yes, <laughs> We're not talking about healing here. He bore, he, he paid for your healing. We're talking about somebody that's already in heaven bringing him back. Going to be mad at you. Punch you in the nose. It's not going to be all that pretty. Right? It's a different thing. They went to hell. They might come back real quick. <laughs> just give them a little invitation. Please come back. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> Peter prayed to find out why. Because he's a follower. A follower doesn't just do things that on, on their own will. They do things of the will of God. They do things of the will of... The, I do many things exactly the way the Moors have me to do them. Exactly. I mean, letter for letter, how they have me to do them. And many things I don't have to ask them. I know how they would have it done. But there is a time where I stop and say, I wonder how we'd want to do this. And then I make a call. And that's a good follower. That's a good follower. A good follower of the Lord is not somebody that just assumes the will of the Lord, but asks the Lord, what what do we do next? That's why our pastor is such a good man to trust. He seeks God on everything he does. Everything. If God don't say, you know, I have a lot of people say, when are we going to do this? And I say, as soon as the Lord tells Brother Moore. And he ain't doing it until he tells him. I can guarantee you that. I have, I have tried to get answers before the Lord told him. And you don't even get, uh, I don't have an answer yet. You don't get an answer. People say, well, that's rude. No, it's not rude. He doesn't have an answer. He's a follower of God. Amen? Paul said in the very first verse we read, be ye followers together with me. Paul was following somebody. He's saying, follow who I'm following. And then follow who they're following until you get to the head man, which is Jesus Christ. And that's who you're following. And trust. Trust that you're following in the right direction. Amen. Where did I tell you guys to turn? Ephesians 5. Boy, it's been a long time ago. See, I even forgot. Ephesians 5. We'll close with this. It says, become, become then. Oh, verse 1. I'm sorry. Become ye therefore. I had the NIV. It spoke English. Become ye therefore followers of God, as dear children. And he's not saying be childish in this sense. He's he's saying be followers of God just like you're born of God. In other words, you have His very blood running through your veins. There's many things that I do like my dad just because of who he is. Not because he's trained me that way. It's in me to do it that way. And he's saying be a follower of God because it's just in you to do it that way. It's in us to love. Did you know that, it, that in every circumstance and situation, it is in us to be at peace, to have joy, to love, to always have the right answer at every time? It's in us. It's in us. The very nature of God is in us through Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying. He's saying be a follower of God as His child. Do things like He does them. Walk the way He walks. You know, I was walking one, it's been several years ago, and I was walking next to my dad, and my mom was way behind us, and she started laughing. And we go, what are you laughing at? And she goes, you guys walk just alike. <laughs> that ain't bad. How would you like to be walking next to the Lord? And somebody behind you started laughing. And they say, what's wrong? You walk just like God. You walk just like God. You want to know how he walks? Next verse. <laughs> and walk in love. And walk in love. Be ye followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given Him. How does love walk? It walks for others. Never walks for itself. It's always walking for someone else. Love is always walking to benefit someone else, to do something for somebody else. It's always looking to answer a question, to be that, to be peace in a storm. It's always looking to be joy in turmoil. Walk in love. Walk in love. Walk in love. Why? Because it's a sweet-smelling savor to God. When you walk in love, your, your life is a sacrifice unto God. Right. Glory to God. And everything you do has the value of a sacrifice unto God. God never forgets a sacrifice done in the right heart. Hallelujah! How many lovers of the Lord do I have in here today? How many followers of Christ do I have in here today? Stand to your feet. Glory to God. We've got lots more verses, but it would take a really long time to go through them. You know, you look at people that followed those ahead of them in, in the things of God. Abraham and Isaac. Isaac uh, stayed in the land where God told him. Why did he do that? He was trained by his father to do what God said. And he was a follower of Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they became followers. They followed, that's why he wanted three. He wanted a successive generation that would follow the ways of the Lord. And what did they follow? Isaac followed Abraham. Jacob followed Isaac and Abraham. There's followers. We're followers of God. We're followers of those who've come before us. It says, be not slothful. <laughs> I wonder why it would say that. I wonder why it would tell us not to be slothful. Because we have the ability to be lazy. It's easier not to follow God. Why? Because all you have to think about is you. If you start following God, every day of your life is about someone else. Everything you do is about someone else. And that that just grates your flesh. Because every now and then you say, what about me? And God says, you're saved and going to heaven. I got you. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you get to love people today. I don't want to love people today. I don't care. It's in you. It's in you. You're going to do it. Glory to God. Isn't that good? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, we're going to take communion today. Before we do, if you're in here and you don't know Jesus is Lord, we're going to pray a prayer right now. And as we pray this prayer, if you don't know Jesus is Lord, pray it with your heart and you'll be saved. Glory to God. And then the value of communion will mean so much more to you because it's, it's remembering the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. So everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Let's all pray this together. Father God, thank You for loving me. I believe in this great love. I believe in Your Son Jesus that He died on a cross, that You raised Him from the dead. He paid the price for all my sins. Jesus, thank You for saving me. And as You help me, I'll be a follower all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.